Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The the party that you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you are listening to us live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. We hope to support space for positive, meaningful conversation and catapult you to the stars so that you can live your dreams because that's exactly what all of us want to do. So our show today is going to be um, also very exciting and very informative. We're in the second segment. We're going to talk about caring for your trees. Do you know, I mean, if you care for your trees, your trees will care for you. They're very, very important with Earth Day coming up. I think this is an appropriate topic for that. We're also going to talk about that wonderful word frenemies and what is, uh, you know, you really don't need an enemy if you have a frenemy. They're worse. So (laughs) we're going to talk about how to get rid of those. But right now, Heather's going to be talking about expired medications and what we need to do. And it's kind of a scary topic. I know I had to go through my whole medicine cabinet after, you know, doing some research on it. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, going to be participating in the 10th Annual Moraga Fair, which is sponsored by Brooks Albury and Children's Success Unlimited and Michael Verbrugge Construction. And this is from Robin Sharma. We are all here for some special reason. Stop being a prisoner of your past and become the architect of your future. That's what I like Mm -hmm. to think about is we all have the ability to design the life that we want to design, right? Exactly. Yeah. So at least we got to think about that and try to go for that. So uh, first of all, before we get into this expired meds, I have to say that last week talking with Nani and the Vanna 2 um, from Wheel of Fortune, (laughs) 
was so exciting, and people have uh, emailed, and people just really loved that show. <laughs> so uh, she was really, really fun, and I know that this kind of made her life. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's over the moon now. I think it, it's. I think. Uh, I think she's still riding that wave, having a lot yeah. of fun with it. So. Well, you know, I think we all. You know, everybody does. When you have that moment that you get a bucket list item, how fun is that? So we're going to get to our topic for today because the truth about expired meds really can change your life and not only change it, can actually save your life. And this is, uh, I was reading an article about this and I really didn't realize how important it is to know when and how to toss those expired medications because some of them can be dangerous and there's a lot of controversy about expiration dates, you know, and whether they really are final or whatever. So, Heather, let's um, let's get into this. So, what happens with if the drug is an over-the-counter product for, like, minor aches and pains? I mean, that's not a problem, right? Yeah. So, here, so basically, so um, if you, if a uh, drug is over-the-counter and for minor aches and pains and all this stuff, and um, you may not get actually 100% of the benefits if the expiration date has passed on, but that's actually not dangerous for these ones. It's Things become more dangerous for people taking medications for life-threatening illnesses, uh, such as you know heart conditions, COPD, severe allergies, if there's something you're allergic to. That's when the drug's not going to be completely effective, and for life-threatening things, that's when you need it to be the most effective. So some kind of just kind of basic kind of questions uh, answered when it comes to this. So if someone was to have like a, a five-year-old antibiotic and um, they're going on vacation, you know, we all kind of have that toiletry bag that we keep with us when we go on vacation. Maybe it has our, our, you know, our certain travel makeups and we usually will have sort of a, uh, a, what's it called, like a first aid kit. And a lot of times people will pack an antibiotic, some antibiotics and they're thinking, you know, what if I go on vacation and I get sick? Um, is and, and it's, it's uh, an old, uh, excuse me, an, an old uh, antibiotic. Well, first thing off is that if you have old antibiotics left over, it means that you didn't complete your cycle the first time, which is the number one thing about antibiotics that they say that you know you need to finish it all the way through, even if you start feeling better, because you're building. Otherwise, you'll build up these antibodies and you'll kind of create this superbug, so that next time when you start to take the drug, it's not going to be as effective. Um, so that's one thing first off the bat, but then also with them being around uh, older, being older, they make, uh, you know, it might not make you sick, but it only may be about 50% effective. So, so again, not taking, a really good idea. I mean, because I'm one of yeah. those people that I have a travel bag and I have antibiotics in there just in case. Uh, they're actually um, a prescription, so it's not like leftover antibiotic. But, uh, you know, when I actually looked into my case, they were, like, I ha because I never used them, they were, like, 10 years yeah. old. So it's time to yeah. toss. And, and, you know, I don't know what it is, this thing with humans, that we feel if we have these things, we almost feel bad about medications, throwing them out of, oh, you know, this was so expensive, or, oh, this is this, you know, oh, this really helped me when I was sick. But just like, you know, food, things expire, they, it's not going to be as well. And a lot of times, too, if you didn't finish your prescription in the first place, that means something. And, you know, sometimes um, when you think, are there any medications that um, you should never, you know, never, ever use beyond um, their expiration date? And actually, yes. And um, this doesn't really apply to everyone because everyone might not have um, such conditions. But 
Um, oral uh, nitroglycerin, which is usually a medication um, used for chest pains, or um, it's something that can lose uh, its potency in this bottle almost as soon as it's open. So, you know, a lot of times medications that will say, you know, you, you know, take two a day, blah, 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 discontinue after such and such date. And a lot of times that's because once something is open, the different, you know, exposures to air or things, it's sort of like, you know, milk. It, it, can only last for so long. Or also um, insulin that's used for blood pressure, or not blood pressure, for um, sugar in the blood, diabetes. Diabetes, yeah. Um, yes, insulin for diabetes. Um, that uh, may actually stop working as well with its expiration date. So if you're someone who is diabetic that is um, using insulin and you have, you know, maybe you just have some extra ones in the fridge or whatever it may be, if you go to use it when you need this, insulin, because this is what is keeping your body regulated and alive, if you go to use it and basically it's like a water, it's not going to do anything, it's not going to help you. And that is a life-threatening thing because then you could go in diabetic shock. Well, you know, there were a um, couple other ones that I was reading about that I had in my cupboard, and I can't believe the big bag of stuff because I really don't take medications. It's just that, you know, if I I get prescribed, it kind of goes in the medicine cabinet. But was for asthma, you know, like the, uh, I don't forget what it's called, but you know, you, you yes, spray inhalers. That's the inhaler. Inhaler. Well, I had like two effective. inhalers. Yeah. And they Same can be dangerous, can't they? Which, again, this is why uh, it isn't that taking something isn't that it's dangerous, that, oh my God, you took expired medication that's going to make you sick or you're going to have a reverse reaction. It's that usually these, uh, why they can be dangerous, the more, you know, for more they're serious not be things effective. is because they're not going to be effective. Well, so speaking for of EpiPen, the EpiPen, yeah, let's talk about the EpiPen because yeah, so EpiPen I'm like really, you, I get allergic like to spider bites or uh, yellow jackets or exactly. poison so if you and if you have an EpiPen, check the expiration date and if it's expired, um, dispose of it and contact your doctor to get a new one because... If it happens, you don't need life-threatening things. You go to use it, and it's not going to help you. It's, nothing's going to happen. And so you don't want it, you know, it's sort of like uh, jumping on the plane, and then, you know, you open it, and you forgot to repack your parachute. Or your parachute's been sitting in there for 20 years, and now it's old and wrinkled and, and has holes in it, so it's not going to work. So, oh, yeah, that um, sounds really there, scary. It doesn't mean it's going to work and be effective. So contact your doctor to get a new one. Another's a last thing, too, to make sure, uh, to throw out is if you use eye drops, if you've had like pink eye or some kind of bacterial infection, and usually on it it will say discontinue after 30 days. And a lot of times pink eye, that bacteria, it will clear up um, hopefully within a week or two. Um, but don't keep that medication, uh, those drops left over, thinking, oh, if, you know, next time, because it comes potentially so close into contact with your eye, if it potentially may have touched it, that um, the bacteria could get into the product and then it could grow bacteria. And also, you know, just working with your eyes. You have to remember, these things are maybe $10. Throw them out. It's, it's not worth getting sick again or getting some kind of infection. Um, also, something a lot of times you see, I kind of brushed on it, is, um, is an expiration. Um, sometimes on a medication you'll see a use-by date, and then you'll also see uh, an expiration date. And those are not actually the same things. And the expiration date is the one that's legally required to be on the original um, container when the pharmacist receives it uh, for, for actually dispensing out the drugs. And the discard after, which I talked about, you know, after 30 days um, or do not use bottle after, 
culture, that's something that uh, the pharmacy puts on uh, usually based on, you know, what are the recommendations towards this medication or, you know, if you've missed X amount, you know, disregard and, or, you know, dis- discard and start a new one. So those are two things. So looking at uh, one, sometimes something you might see two dates and one might be five years from now and one might be a year from now. It all depends on um, what the medication is um, to be exact. And another thing too, people think, you know, convenience taking your medications every day. A lot of times people, they may have to take um, so many uh, various drugs or medications uh, in the day that they'll put them um, somewhere convenient, like on the kitchen counter, you know, when we're in those next little pill boxes so that they know, they don't forget that, okay, every day I need to take this. Um, but what can happen a lot of times is having your medications in a kitchen, especially in a small kitchen, um, temperatures can, you know, if it, it's close to a stove, that can change it. You know, things when they get hot and cold, um, it can, the, the heat and cold, the heat um, can change the potency of the medicine, but actually storing it in your uh, little cabinet there in the bathroom isn't really as better either because um, if you don't have proper ventilation in your bathroom, it could get uh, water into it, you know, just the water vapors, again, losing its potency. They could get wet. They could, you know, they could so get So where is the best place to store it? Best thing um, is to just get one of those little plastic containers. You can get them at the dollar store that has a lid on it. Uh, or craft store, even just something really, these little small containers. You, if you could think about like a big Tupperware almost, um, putting that, something that has a lid on it and keeping it in a cool, dark, and dry place. So, and a cupboard, you know, is ideal, but like um, a closet, maybe even, not in a right? bathroom cupboard. So maybe in a hall closet or, or something if maybe in, in a bedroom, it's something that's going to be in, in cool, dry, and dark. And out of that way, it's not going to get any kind of, uh, uh, moisture into it. And then all, a lot of times, too, is what to do with these medications. Uh, there's People think, okay, maybe I'll just throw it away or I'll just flush it down the sink. But what happens when you um, put, uh, or flush it down, flush it down the sink, flush it down the toilet, uh, when you put medications into the toilet, that water eventually, and same thing with going down the sink, um, eventually does lead its way out to our oceans and our water waves and all these things, and it can actually um, put contaminants and uh, in, into our water so that the water is basically poisoned and contaminated. So, so to help this so this won't affect us, so it won't help uh, affect wildlife. And two, when things get thrown away, they can go into um, landfills and basically what can happen is leaching can occur and the drugs can seep into the soil and you know, all this kind of cross-contamination. So um, something that can you can do too is um, you, many uh, cities have... Um, and these sort of take in September, um, the police departments tend to put on these things sort of about taking back medications um, because one of the leading, uh, you know, people being uh, addicted or in drug uh, abuse is with prescription drugs. And people always think, you know, how do people get this? If it's not from themselves of having some kind of injury, it's oftentimes from family members that um, are unaware that these drugs have been taken or um, are being used because it's, you know, something, you know, they are not using the Vicodin because they, their shoulder was hurt two years ago or something. So, so to avoid any of those things happening, you can either turn them in at these big uh, take-back drug things, as 
sort of like one of those no question asked, don't worry about it, um, and they can dispose of them uh, properly. Or if you don't have that in your community, um, something you can always do is crush the medicines into an empty bottle and put liquid bleach into it. Um, or you can take uh, crush them into cat litter or um, uh, what was it called? Yeah, or just crush them into cat litter. Oh, that's that interesting. I didn't realize you, you could do out, that. I thought you really had to dispose of them, you know, with your disposal company or whatever else. That's interesting. So bleach or cat litter will kind of, um, what, what, diluted? Is that what it is? Uh, just an empty, empty bottle with some, some liquid bleach in it. Is that what you're saying? Asking? Yeah, no, I'm saying that if you just want, it, does the bleach or the cat litter, does it dilute it? I mean, what is it? Why yeah, do well, we the use, bleach will also, like, that? dissolve any pills kind of things, too. And then it's and then it then it would be safe that you could put it down there. Because, yeah, it's going to, that chemical will kind of absorb the other chemicals and it'll take it away. Oh, but also okay. something, too, before you... Before you uh, look into, um, you know, when, when maybe your town is, is having uh, one of these little cleanup things or before you just start filling things with bleach and getting rid of, um, also think of how often should you clean out your doing these cabinets things. And sometimes, I mean, as you said, you probably looked in there and there might be medications, you know, 10 years old is that we, we tend to do this thing that we put it, we think we'll use it again. And now we know it can't. And some things... You know, I had things in my years. medicine cabinet. And I have a... We don't keep it in a bathroom. I have it in my dressing room. And I had like... I mean, it was like weird stuff. But it was like, you know, I don't know, eye drops or something. And it was from like the 1980s. And yeah. it was just... <laughs> I just never opened that... I just don't use anything. Yeah, so exactly. I went through and or, I cleared out everything. Everything's gone. So it was crazy. We, start, we make a, a first aid kit and we put a lot, you know, we put all these things into it. And a lot of times we maybe not don't access that first aid kit. We might just access our cabinet to grab, you know, the Tylenol or something. And a lot of times, just as, you know, we have emergency kits, every so often you need to go through these things and, and go through. So that's usually a good place to look. Think of, when thinking of when to do this, think about it just as if other things in the house kind of uh, taking care of. Um, every six months you should check the batteries on your smoke alarm. So think about that. Every six months, maybe just good. And once you kind of, maybe in that first year, maybe if you did a really good clean sweep the first time, because I'm sure... Once you're seeing all those 1980s, 1990s pill bottles, you can get rid of those ones, um, that uh, you maybe won't need to do it as often. But just think about at least your first go-round of, of seeing, you know, just of overall health safety, especially if you have um, any important conditions, you know, such as diabetes or you're allergic to anything um, or any heart conditions where you need those things to be at their highest potency. So um, that's when I would say definitely every six months. But otherwise, you know, at least a year, do a nice little clean sweep um, of your medications to make sure that you're going to get the full, full potency and also probably see really what you got going on in there because some things you probably don't even need anymore. Well, and you know, this is such a great time of year. I think this is a fantastic topic for spring because I don't know about you or most of our listeners, but I'm in every spring, you know, it is rebirth out in the garden. Everything is new and fresh and the air smells clean. And I just get in this cleaning mood and I just want to go through the whole house and purge. So yeah. I think it's a perfect time, you know, while you're doing your spring cleaning to go through your medicine cabinets or, or like you said, what you just said something that I didn't even think of. And that was 
uh, your emergency kit. You know, especially here in California, we live in earthquake country, and most people have some emergency kit that they know where it is, and they can grab it, and they can go, and blah, blah. Um, I haven't looked in my emergency kit in years. I've never had to use it, you know. I think the last time it might have been used was the 1989 uh, Loma Prieta earthquake. So, again, going back to the 1980s. So great ideas, Heather. I think this is really important. Uh, we need to clean out and update and uh, just and make sure that we dispose of everything in a proper manner because the last thing that we want to do is pollute our planet. And especially Earth Day is coming up this week. And, you know, it's really time to think about Mother Earth and taking care of her. And, you know, it, I, I remember the days um, because I actually lived in that era where you would, you know, you'd be driving in a car and you'd roll down your window and you'd throw something out. <laughs> and I can't even yeah. imagine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my I gosh. Can't, yeah. I can't it's even crazy, imagine doing that. It's crazy to think how things were before. You know, it's very interesting. And it, it hasn't taken all that long, you know, a couple of generations for people to realize how important it is to dispose properly of everything. And it just reminds me if anybody were, you know, if everybody, anybody watched the series Mad Men or were a fan of that, there was one scene, and it's kind of the only Mad Men scene that I really remember, where the family goes out on a picnic and they sit in this beautiful, pristine hillside and they have this wonderful picnic. And at the end of their picnic, the the lead guy picks up his beer can and he throws it as far as he can. The kids throw their Coke cans and then the, all their picnic stuff, they just take the picnic blanket and they just shake it. So all the paper plates and everything, they just go out into nature. And I was like, I was appalled. And I thought, wow, I guess that really did happen, <laughs> you know? So anyway, 100. I'm glad that you... You know, well, you know something too. It yeah, it only took a few generations, you know, to realize. But it also only took a few generations for us to cause so much damage that now yes. we have to. If we can't fix, we need to at least you know try to maintain and, and do our best to to help you know improve improve the world. Do a little bit of the undamaging that we've caused in the exactly. last hundred years. Exactly. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to go more into what you can do, uh, you know, to save our earth, and because we're going to be talking about caring for our trees. But right now, Heather, go ahead and give out the websites. Most definitely. We want you to go to be the star, our, excuse me, starstyleradio.com as well as be, be org. And don't forget, we have our Moraga Fair coming up on May 14th. Go to our website, check it out, and if you're in the area, stop by. You may get some freebies. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are, and we're coming to you live on Voice America. I will be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, 
leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business it's always show business around here, no matter what we're doing. But today we're going to really be talking about how we can care for our trees. Because when we care for our trees, they will care for us. You know, trees are poems the earth writes upon the sky. That was a quote by Cahil Gibran, one of my favorite poets. And when you really start to think about trees and you get around them, you realize it. You know, um, I've had, we had a tragedy in our family. It was really a glorious sunny day. My grandfather was out mowing his lawn and without even a whisper of wind, a giant Dutch elm tree on his property toppled, killing him instantly. It was a tree that had Dutch elm disease. He had been to the city several times requesting to cut it down, but because it was protected, the city was taking a long time to get a permit, and it took so long that he actually was killed because of it. Now, with this tragedy always in my heart and, you know, close to my lips, I'm forever diligent in inspecting my trees because trees are really the life source of our world. They offer so much for so little. Let's let's think about what trees do. Let's talk about that. Trees clean our air, they provide shade, they offer oxygen, they filter runoff drainage, they cool the temperatures around us. Without trees, many species of birds, squirrels, bees, and other wildlife would not have habitat. Trees beautify a neighborhood. They conserve energy in our homes. They bear fruit and food, and they offer climbing structures for adventurous children. Trees are harvested to make furniture paper products, and firewood to keep us warm. Sitting next to a tree actually recalibrates our bodily energy. Property values are higher in residential areas with mature mature trees. And when I think about all this, you can just imagine that trees really are the poems that are written in the sky. Now, I had a, a beautiful cottonwood that was a volunteer, in other words, It voluntarily seeded itself, probably a bird brought it in, the wind brought it in, in my front yard. 
it grew rapidly, and I absolutely loved listening to the rustling of the leaves. It was, it, it, they, thought, they sounded like little twittering butterflies. I mean, it was really very a pretty tree. But this past year, the moss began to form on the branches. And then over the winter, mistletoe dangled from its heights. And at first you see mistletoe, you get kind of excited. It's like, yay, I've got, you know, I've got that love potion number nine hanging from my trees. I'm going to give it to all my friends and family. But then I started noticing that the ivy was growing up the trunk and uh, strangling it. And then there were these huge, ugly mushrooms that sprouted along the base. Now, I was taking pictures of them. I actually was posting them in my garden article that I write. And nobody seemed to know exactly what they were. But while other trees on the property had leaves unfurling this past vernal equinox, my cottonwood remained looking like a haunted tree so over the years I had had um, deliver I had had delivered some free wood chips to my property from a company called advanced tree service because a wood chip so when a tree company cuts down a tree and they shred you know the the wood it becomes mulch for your garden and they can either bring it to a recycle center that they have to pay to dump it, or if there's a homeowner that wants it, most tree service companies are really excited to give you this mulch for free. So I've always uh, I've been in touch with the company, and I really wanted it. So I thought, okay, it was time to call the Arbor's Calvary at Advanced Tree Service. So the owner and the president, his name is Darren Edwards, he came and he confirmed that the tree was dead and it really needed to have prompt removal. He offered a very reasonable bid, and we set up a time for his crew to prune the palm fronds. I have two palm trees in the front of my driveway, male and female, that I planted. Um, they were actually, I think I bought them in a one-gallon uh, pot, you know, for around, I don't know, five or six dollars when we first got married, and they lived in a pot for a very long time. And in the Italian tradition, you always have like two palms at the front of your driveway to signify your marriage, right? The male and female. Well, now these palms were like 100 feet tall, but their fronds, I couldn't reach them anymore. And I started to call them rat condos because they just were like, I don't know what was really in them, but there was an owl in it actually, but they were the fronds just really needed pruning. So um, once he was here, I really brainstormed with him to find out what was the proper tree care and how can people spot trouble. Now his company, he actually started it and it was funny because, because his name is Darren Edwards, somehow when he was in junior high, he got the nickname of Deadwood because <laughs> like, it was Deadwards and then they just started calling him Deadwood. And that name seemed to be prophetic because then he started working for a tree care company right out of high school. He loved what he was doing, being in the outdoors and nature, climbing trees, meeting people, you know, just taking care of the environment. Then he started his own business with a pickup truck and climbing gear. And he finally his father joined him and then it became a family business with his mom and his sisters and everyone. Uh, serving the uh, counties where I am here in Northern California. So what was exciting was to find out really what we need to know when it comes to tree care. So Darren indicated that by this time of year, or at least by the end of April, deciduous trees have already leafed out. 
and they should be looking very fresh and healthy and, you know, really green. Now, here in California, because of our drought, so many trees have suffered injury. I mean, many, many trees have died or are dying, and many are extremely stressed. So it's time for all homeowners to take a walk around your property to inspect your trees and your larger shrubs. And here's what you want to check for. You want to check for some dead, dry, brittle, brittle branches. Well, that's a good alliteration, brittle branches, dead, dry, and holes in the bark or the trunk. And if you have a suspicion that a tree may be impaired, you'll want to call a certified arborist who will be able to identify the hazards and offer some advice. Many uh, of the tree services, no matter where they are in the United States, will offer a complimentary inspection and you know, if your tree needs a treatment or removal, they'll give you the options. When a tree is healthy or doesn't need any care, most tree services are going to just, you know, be right up front. And I know that's the way Darren's company works. I mean, as he says, there's some afflictions that just aren't worth um, treating. And for him, it wasn't about the money. It really was about the care of the tree. So here are some things that you can do to protect your trees on your own. First of all, when you decide to plant a tree, you really need to find the correct tree for the correct area. Before planting any tree, learn more about its habits. These are some considerations that are really critical because people don't think about it. They go to the nursery, they see something they like or that they always thought that they wanted. You know, I want a redwood, I want a cherry tree, whatever it is. But they don't realize it may not work for their property. So here's what you're looking for. How tall and how wide will the tree be at maturity? How much water does it require? Is it disease prone? And if so, what diseases? And how will you be able to treat it? Is it going to survive a drought, like if you're in California? Or will it survive a flood if you're somewhere in the Midwest? Or will it survive a hurricane if you're on the Earth East Coast? Does it bear fruit? Does it, you know, have any kind of uh, food that is on it, whether it is edible for humans or for uh, animals? Is it evergreen or deciduous? Will it block your neighbor's view? Very important, you know, because um, I live on a hill and uh, my neighbor who I love planted some trees that are going to block my view and they're already starting to block them and it won't be long and it, it'll be bad. So you have to be very careful about that. Uh, is the tree appropriate for your landscape? How will it look in all four seasons? Another thing is, you know, people like to put big river rocks around the base of trees. It looks really pretty, except rocks get hot and the heat is not good for the roots. So don't do it. Use mulch instead. The other thing is know that trees are thirsty, and some of the thirstiest are redwoods. They need water all year long, and large trees are going to need more hydration with a deep watering wand. And I know here, especially in Northern California, people absolutely love redwoods, and they are a great tree, but they really do not belong in neighborhoods. They can grow to 300 feet tall they can get 50 feet wide and only a couple of redwoods can actually build a fence so all you have to do is drive through a redwood forest and you'll see how dark it is 
very pretty, but not for neighborhoods. So be careful. They sell a lot of them in nurseries, but they're really not what you're looking for. You learn to prune correctly. Improper pruning damages trees. There could be crossovers, and you want to watch for those because those need to be taken out. Any suckers that are at the base of a tree, you want to remove them. And finally, I think it's just really important that every few years you hire a certified arborist to inspect your trees, ask questions, and learn. And as I said, if you think that you have a problem, most of these inspections from a tree service, they might be complimentary. And then, of course, you pay for the service. They give you a bid. Now, what are some signs of trouble? If you see these mushrooms, and I'm telling you they're big. They're not like little tiny mushrooms. They're, they're not a fungi. They're not, um, they're not like a, um, uh, oh, what am I thinking of? You know, they're, they're not going to be something that you look at and you think, oh, it's going to be like a truffle. It's not. They're big and they're poisonous, so don't even consider eating them. But they're these big things, and they can, when they get hard, they're almost like wood themselves. If you see mistletoe hanging from the branches, that's a bad sign. As much as we love mistletoe, it's always a concern of, uh, uh, for any tree because it means that the tree is having a problem. If you see branches without leaves and it should have leaves and no new growth is evident, that's a sign of a problem. And ivy or other vines climbing the trunk need to be removed because they could be strangling the tree. Now, what you want to look for when you hire a tree specialist, ask for certification for an arborist. You want a valid state contractor's license. You want them to be a certified tree care safety professional by the tree care industry, which is called TCIA. You want to make sure they have appropriate insurance, workman's comp. And probably most important is you want experience over cost. So the best thing is to ask for recommendations and then do your research. Really check them out. There's so many sources these days on the Internet where you can find out whether a company is good or not. You know, I'm on the Elite Squad at Yelp, and I'm not giving a shout-out for Yelp right now, but uh, what I'm trying to say is that usually if you see a a review by anyone on the elite squad, you know that it's going to be accurate because the only way we can get on the elite squad is if we're good writers and we write honest, fair reviews, whether that is a one or a five, it has to be honest. A lot of uh, reviews, I think, are manufactured and I don't like that. So look for that uh, code that says elite squad and I think that you'll find that those people are to be trusted. And then once you hire somebody or, or, or um, getting a bidding process, get an evaluation and then get a written bid before proceeding. As I told you, my um, cottonwood had exhibited all of the warning signs. The branches were so brittle that actually a bucket truck was necessary to elevate a worker with a chainsaw to cut the branches. That bucket truck is one of those trucks that has... You put somebody in the bucket, and then it has this high, high arm that goes really high into the trees because there was no way that anyone could climb it. If a tree's healthy, it can be climbed for pruning. They'll just put cables up, and then they'll cut it. But if the tree is dead, it could be too dangerous to attempt to climb. So 
the other thing the crew did is they placed plywood in a V position to catch all the cut branches as they fell. And then they cut the pieces into firewood. And that was so great for me because I really love my fireplace. It's the only way we keep warm in the winter. And I was out of firewood. And my cottonwood provided just, I don't know, two or three cords of fantastic firewood. Another option that you can do if you have a garden is to let all the wood be chipped and use it for mulch. And that works out really well. After the cottonwood was finished, the bucket was used to cut the dry fronds uh, from the palm trees. And then they cleaned up the area and they left the mulch for me to use in my garden. So I was really impressed with Advanced Tree Service. And uh, they are operating in Contra Costa and Solano and Napa County. So that is, that's, they're a really great company. So if you're in that area, you can go to advancedtree.com. Now, if you're considering planting trees this spring, consider this. Redwoods and pines need copious amounts of water. Don't plant them. Redwoods grow really quickly. They get really, really large, fast, and again, they block views. Pines are also very flammable. Now, ornamental trees such as red buds, pistache, and Japanese maple, they do well with little water. So those might be good choices. But if you are in California and you need a drought-resistant species, go for the natives. Oaks, buckeye, manzanita, madrone. They don't need much water. In fact, they won't even thrive with water. So the danger of a falling tree is real, and most homeowners are not really aware of the signals that trees exhibit when they're suffering. So don't wait too long to have your trees inspected. It's far better to be safe than sorry. And the Chinese proverb probably says it all when it comes to trees. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So celebrate Arbor Day on April 29th, plant a tree, or offer gratitude for the trees that you already have. Aerate your lawns to help with proper drainage and root growth. That's what, something you really need to do right now. You can prevent unwanted pests, including termites, ants, grubs, with an organic spray of cedar oil. Uh, Yard Guard might, is a, a good choice for pets and children. If you're in an area with peonies, and I love peonies, mine are blooming now and they're gorgeous, but if you're in an area where it freezes, once they've sprouted, you could put a sheet over them uh, before the frost is expected and that will protect the buds. And then finally, if you have had a lot of flowery narcissus, tulips, or daffodils this season, and they're done blooming, just allow their uh, leaves to turn brown and crispy because they require this procedure to refuel the bulb for next year's flowering. So happy gardening, happy growing, happy Earth Day, and happy Arbor Day. And just remember to care for your trees, and they will care for you. When we come back from break, we'll be talking about frenemies, and I certainly hope that none of you have them. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and I'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Good questions are critical for selling. Develop a skill set of asking your customer probing questions so that you can understand their needs. Although asking why isn't necessarily recommended for sales effectiveness as it makes customers tense, remembering to ask the who, what, where, when, and how seem to be great starting points for conversations. Reassure your buyers that they understand that you have their best interests in mind and always be honest and work with integrity. Don't monopolize the conversation. It's better to stick with the 80-20 rule. Let your customer do 80% of the talking while you listen attentively. Find out the feelings that this purchase will evoke by asking great questions and really listening to the answers. You may discover the facts that will earn you the sale or the job. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR to book your own coaching session. That's 925-377-7827. Be the star you are. The star you the annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, thank you so much for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Again, we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network the Empowerment Channel, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. In this segment, we wanted to talk about frenemies. And uh, one of my colleagues, Tina Tessina, has uh, a great um, uh, blog and book that she's written, and she talks about all kinds of different relationships. And I thought that it was really important to bring out a few tips about how to be happy by eliminating these toxic friendships or at least learning how to handle them. Because the problem with these very awful, I don't even want to call them a friendship, but to me they're not a friendship, is that people tend to dismiss it. But friends who are more like enemies or as we call them frenemies are abusive. 
A frenemy relationship tends to be emotional. That means it's controlling, it's passive aggressive, it's demeaning, and it's more that than a physical relationship. It's usually not as intense because friends have an easier time, you know, walking away from abuse, like if it's a romantic or family relationship. But because people tend to downplay the abuse of a friend, the victims of these frenemies try, you know, they try to keep it secret. And so if you're one of those, listen in because you're going to find out how to, you know, to put a halt to this. If your friend is abusing you, and let's just say it's financially, that means they're borrowing money, they never pay it back. Or they're abusing you verbally. That means they frequently put you down. They make you feel badly. Or emotionally, they control you with guilt, temper tantrums, threats. And you feel unable to say no or to drop that friend. That person is most definitely a frenemy. A friend who is a jerk is someone you may have to see from time to time in a group setting, but you don't keep coming back for more abuse. And when I say friend, I put that in quotes because I don't have those kind of friends. I, I have eliminated, I call it cleaning closets. If, if, uh, if I don't feel connected to somebody, they can be an acquaintance, but they're not, I don't want any frenemies. But let's see how you could tell if someone in your circle is a frenemy. And I'll just use the she uh, because I'm female. I'll use the she pronoun. So if, if she gossips behind your back, if she says bad things about you to your friends or tells secrets that you shared in confidence, she's trying to build herself up by undermining you. That's a frenemy. If she's unreliable, she doesn't keep her promises. She's always late. She's not likely to show up, doesn't care enough about you. She's either too out of control or too wrapped up in herself to be a good friend. That's a frenemy. If she's jealous or upset when something good happens to you, this is not the attitude of a friend. That's the attitude of a competitor, and that's called a frenemy. You only hear from her if she wants something for you from you. If she only contacts you like when she wants a ride or she wants you to take her to lunch or to help her with homework or with a project or to be, you know, the wing person when they need you to go, well, I don't know, to go troll at a bar or whatever. That person is using you. That's not a friend. That's a frenemy. Friendships need to go both ways. If this person lets you know that you're second best, if she suddenly breaks a date or is unavailable because she gets a better offer or she wants to go out with a more popular friend, She's not a free trend, true, uh, true friend. You get the T and the F mixed up. If she criticizes you, your accomplishments, your family, your home, your job, your friends, you know what? Good friends, they don't do that. They don't constantly barrage you with negativity and criticism. A good friend supports you. A good friend may point out things that you might be able to do better, but a good friend may feel the need to tell you the tough truth, even though they'll state it with kindness, but they're not going to demean you. If someone lets you pay for things and give her things and do things for her, but she rarely or never reciprocates, or if there's a difference in your financial status, a good friend will reciprocate with whatever she can afford, a homemade meal or 
you know, some kind of treat in return for taking her out to lunch or helping her with something in return for something that you bought. But a friend of me, yeah, they just use you. When there's a problem uh, between you, she won't admit she's wrong. She won't apologize. She doesn't want to talk about it. She stonewalls you. She tries to make you feel guilty for not liking what she did. You know, all friends have problems. That's part of being in a relationship. It's natural. It's a natural part. But good friends talk it through. They work it out. They apologize. They forgive each other, and they move on. If she flirts with your boyfriend or girlfriend or someone that uh, she knows that you're interested in, tries to steal your best friend from you, again, not a friend. This is a competitor. A good friend is always happy to see you happy and to support you in all of your other relationships. If she's jealous of your success or your happiness, a good friend can support you and celebrate with you even if you're doing better than she is. How to sensitively and diplomatically handle these jealous friends? Well, let's talk about that for a moment. What a pain it is. If somebody is late for lunch and they're always complaining, whining, they don't pay you back, but you're considering them still a friend, what do you do? You work with them. Okay, so are they easy to teach? If you do it right, you let them know that what you like, what she, you know, you like uh, things that she does, and then she'll hear you when she says that you don't like something. Use a lot of silence. If you don't like what she's doing or saying, just don't respond. They'll get the message without even a word set. Set limits. If she's habitually late, make sure that she knows when the timing is important. Because, for example, you don't want to miss the first five minutes of the play. Or when time is not an issue, you can like read a book or talk to a friend until she arrives. Okay, so then you can tell them that. But when timing is important, tell her that if she's not ready by a certain amount of time, you are going to leave without her. And it's amazing how well that will work. Don't be too strict about it if she has a good reason or it's only occasional. you got to cut some slack, obviously. But you don't want to be a pushover. I mean, people who are perpetually late, they're, you're just not important to them. And that is um, those procrastinations really deteriorate relationships. Don't react to obnoxious things, but just politely ignore what he or she is doing and saying and maintain a pleasant demeanor. I mean, in other words, you be the grown-up, whether or not your friend or frenemy is. If you have to treat her like a misbehaving child, so be it. Just don't let that person drag you into bad behavior. Because people who react this way are usually in a lot of emotional pain with their own lives. So you want to be understanding and willing to listen to your friend's feelings to a reasonable degree. But don't let their struggle to rein your good feelings, you know, uh, just overtake everything that's good about you and bring you down. Because it's so much easier to bring somebody down. If um, the behavior doesn't improve, it's time to cut that person loose. Be honest. Lying to your friend about whether you have a broken agreement doesn't, does more damage than breaking the agreement. So ask for an adult timeout. If someone behaves badly in your presence, tell them, timeout, it's powerful. It's a subtle way of fixing the problem. Modern parents use this a lot. You can be polite, but we're not going to accept this kind of behavior. Eventually... 
she may ask you what's wrong and why you've changed. And at that point, you have the opportunity to tell her what the problem and the behavior is and why you don't like it and why you're not going to take it. And learning to put obnoxious friends and timeouts right at the beginning or to delete them from your roster completely is powerful. If the person's behavior never changes, you can leave him or her in a timeout forever and be protected from them. And of course, when it comes to Facebook, you just unfriend them. Well, that's a little bit about frenemies. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Thank you, as always, for tuning in every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific right here with Heather and I as your personal growth success coaches on Star Style. Be the star you are. We really do believe you can change your life and make your dreams come true. For information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. Please consider making a donation to Be The Star You Are, 501c3 nonprofit that brings you this show. Go to bethestarur.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. I want you to cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate every moment of your life because that's all that you have. Imagine your dreams as if they already exist, speak as if they already exist, and act as if they already exist. And you know what? They will. So until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And thank you for being great listeners here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Can't wait. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style. Be the star you are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.